Welcome in to Locked On Knicks. Alex Wolf and Gavin Shaw here, and it's about that time again. It is mailbag time, and man, Gavin, we got a ton of questions for this mailbag, and we're going to start with just one. Yeah, you know, two months worth of podcast, but we'll, we'll try and narrow it down for you guys. We are talking realistic trades. I might get a certain disgruntled power forward on his way out of town, and then we are trading our favorite Frenchman, Evan Fournier. All that and more right now on Locked On Knicks. You are Locked On Knicks. Your daily New York Knicks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes right now. All right, welcome in to Locked On Knicks. We want to thank you guys for making Locked On Knicks today and every day. I am Alex Wolf. I'm editor in chief of Knicks Like the Strickland, which you can find at the Strickland.land. He's Gavin Sean, broadcaster's favorite play by play broadcaster. And this is the Locked On Knicks podcast. And we are getting into our November mailbag. We had to like check in. Normally, during the offseason, especially, we were like, we'd have to do these so quick like the first of the month would come around we'd be like yes another mailbag <laughs> like because we'd be like we need we need questions and things to talk about but since the season started we did the last one almost exactly a month ago now i was like oh do we already do one in november but no it's the end of october so we're doing good uh gavin we have exactly one question that we're going to get into in this one because you know trade questions they're always a whole thing in and of themselves where we dive into rabbit holes and start thinking about things that could happen for the Knicks. So I'll read this question and then throw it to you to st- get us kind of rolling here. As far as the trades go, uh, our good buddy, Yuram Lakaj at Lakaj on Twitter, always ask great questions. Uh, wants to know your prediction on one realistic trade. The Knicks make by the trade deadline who gets shipped out, who comes in. Hope you guys are doing well. Hope you're doing well too. Yuram. Uh, yeah. But Gavin, as far as the trades go, where are we at? Um, th- this is a trade that will have uh, Erm and all of us uh, doing better. Let me let me let me throw that out there to you, Alex. Uh, Julius Randall, uh, time to say goodbye. We have talked about iterations of this in the past, but to me, it feels more realistic than ever than that Julius Randall will be a Phoenix Sun before the end of the season. The deal is Jay Crowder, Dario Saric and a top 10 protected 2025 first round pick from the Phoenix Suns for Julius Randle. Um, to me, this is, this is extremely clear cut for both sides. For the New York Knicks, um, as we will get into in a future edition of the Mailback Pod, I am more certain than ever, uh, as I suggested consistently throughout the offseason, that a significant portion of the Knicks' future should be invested in playing R.J. Barrett, uh, Cam Reddish, and Quentin Grimes together. Um, maybe one of those guys eventually gets subbed out for, for a true star wing. That would be super. But as a basis for building a team going forward, I think that is the model for what the next very good to even better than that next team will look like. A whole lot of flexibility, a whole lot of defensive uh, versatility, uh, more shooting on the floor. And, and I think getting Cam and Grimes out there together, just the, the compounding effect of what those two can do defensively um, will immediately make the Knicks dramatically better, um, despite what Julius brings as an isolation score. Um, and then for the Phoenix Suns, um, I just I just think this is obvious for them. The West is far more open than anyone could have anticipated. 
Uh, it's far more winnable than anyone could have anticipated. And the Suns desperately need another go-to score. There are nights where DeAndre Eaton is that guy. There are nights where Mikhail Bridges is that guy. Neither of them have proven it consistently in the playoffs that they can put up, uh, I don't know, 24 to 26 points per game. And if you're in the NBA Finals and you're battling with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, you need a second banana that can do that consistently. And our guy CP3 is no longer that player. Nine and a half points per game this year, 37% shooting, 29% from three. Uh, has not played the vast majority of this season. Uh, the Suns need a score. Uh, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I, I can say with a straight face, they kind of need Julius Randle and Shore. There are defensive concerns. I, I just think the Suns' infrastructure of having four smart guys around him who are going to play their butts off on that end and not not an R.J. Barrett who's following in Julius's footsteps defensively, I, I think you can cover up for him a whole lot better. And, and this is a team, Alex, that to me, it's just it's clear-cut that to prop open what is currently a razor-thin window, they need to make this type of gamble. Yeah, I'm with you. I, you know, I think my only holdup here is actually on the Knicks' side more so than the sun side. Like I can see the sun's easily making this deal. The upside is so undeniable. Like I think if you get Julius Randall on a team with Chris Paul, Julius has shown, I think to this point in his career that he does well with a peer authority figure on the team. Like I think, I don't think it's a huge coincidence though. Like he, he and the Knicks have played like their best ball when since he's been on the Knicks, I should say, when Derrick Rose is playing like a ton of minutes and was like honestly sort of like the the one that kind of stirred the drink in the the 2021 season, even as good as Randall was, like when the Knicks were at their best, Rose was kind of like running things. And I think that he just like craves a player that like and we've seen with Brunson this year, too, to be fair, actually, he kind of like craves a player that like he respects enough to trust to run the team. And then with the right coaching and the right infrastructure, we've seen that he can also be like an extremely productive player that can really kind of like help the team in whatever way he can. We've seen that at times this year, although obviously he seems pretty checked out on the defensive end this year, but like on offense, like even just the last game against the Grizzlies, I think he played a great game of playing like the playmaker rather than the, the guy that, you know, needs to be finishing all the plays, which is how he viewed himself like last year. So if you put him on a legitimate bona fide title contender, I think that he's he could potentially be great uh, and could potentially find some of his all NBA form again. My holdup, if I'm the Knicks, is if you're bringing back Jay Crowder in this deal, I just think that he has to either be bought out or moved. Like I yeah. I don't see any way around that. Like the whole reason that he's that he's like angrily sitting out right now is they didn't think he was going to have a big enough role on a literal title team. Uh, you can't bring him to the Knicks then who are going to be a possible playoff team and be like, Oh, we don't really have a huge role for you here either. Like you could play like 10 to 15 minutes a game behind Obi Toppin, uh, who's now going to become our, our starter. And we also want to find some time for Cam Reddish uh, to be like the de facto foreman and all this other stuff. So Sucks for you, Jay Crowder. Like, we're not going to pay play you a ton. Plus, we just got Sarge in the steal, too, who's an intriguing player in his own right. So I just think you have to have a secondary move of maybe then be like, okay, well, you know, hey, Lakers, we don't even want much because we already got our – we kind of, like, got our nut here with, with the first-round pick for Julius Randle. 
you got a couple second round picks hanging around that you can maybe send over and we'll give you Jay Crowder who can slot right into what you guys are doing and maybe help, you know, you guys reach the playoffs again or whatever, then let's do that. Maybe take this Evan Fournier too. And maybe also Derek Rose and we'll take Russell Westbrook finally back and, you know, just buy him out. Uh, maybe at that point, then you could talk them into a first round pick um, and, and make something like that happen, turn into like a three-way deal. I think that would be the way to go. I just think that's my only hang up is just being like, you've already got a malcontent and Jay Crowder. Do you really want to bring him to the Knicks? I, I don't think so. I think that would be a distraction. He'd, he'd end up just sitting at home collecting paychecks from them too. And the Knicks would have to find some way to move him. But because of the way that trade restrictions work, you'd probably have to do that in the same deal um, and get it all done. It's like a three-way deal. So I would just kind of expand it. But initial framework-wise, I, I really like it. And I think it makes a ton of sense for both sides in that respect. Yeah, I think the – I mean, to be clear, the, the chief asset in this trade is just that you're getting rid of Julius. The second one is the first round pick Julia uh, between Jay and Dario is again, we can, we can talk about in a future episode where we get into what the Knicks rotation would look like after this trade. I'd have either one of those guys only playing like 16 minutes a game. And, and to your point for, for Jay, that would be totally unpalatable, but I, I'm, I'm with you. I think there is a team out there that you could get a highly, highly, highly protected first round pick um, from for him. Uh, just because he's, he's a super useful playoff guy. And that would make this trade even more of a no brainer. Alex, I want to know what your trade is. Um, but first, I want people to know um, the one place they can go to drive the car of their dream or, or just the car of their convenience. And that is, of course, Turo. Turo is the world's largest car sharing marketplace. With Turo, you can book any car you want, wherever you want it, from a community of local hosts. Browse a huge selection of vehicles for just about any occasion or budget across the U.S., U.K., Canada, and Australia. Book a spacious SUV or minivan for a family road trip. Get a classic or luxury car for a special event, birthday, or holiday. Find affordable economy cars if you're on a budget and just need to get from A to B. Test drive that new electric vehicle you've had your eye on to see how it fits your everyday life. Many Turo hosts can even deliver the car right to you. Every trip is backed by liability insurance. Terms, conditions, and exclusions apply. Forget boring rental cars and find your drive at Turo.com. And we wanted to thank everyone for making Locked On Knicks their first listen today. For your second listen today, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Alex, uh, I, I got Julius Randle off the team. I, I wanted to see, can you can you replicate that? Can you top that? What, what, what is your trade that you're looking for the New York Knicks to make? I've got another Julius Randle trade, and maybe mine's a little weird, but I don't know. I feel like this team, maybe rightly, maybe wrongly, might finally be looking at how they're performing right now. Like, first off, I'll just take a look at the standings and, like, I can't believe we're, we're like a quarter of the way through the season for like every NBA team. Now, I think, I think every team has played at least, well, okay. Like a quarter, like I think every team has played at least 10 to 11 games or sorry, 20 to 21 games. Now the amount of like 10 and 10 type teams, 10 and 11, whatever, like one to two games within 500 or like even let's like expand it out to like three at this point in the season, I feel like it's, semi unprecedented this year like it feels like there's a ton of parity in the league right now so teams i think more so than ever and we've seen this the last couple of years with the trade deadlines and, and the way teams have been 
behaving, I feel like teams have to believe like if we feel like we can make one more move and potentially, you know, jump ourselves up the line a little bit, we should do that. Like now, like now is the time to do it. I think this is like, I don't want to call it a fluke season, but this is like one of the more open seasons in recent years for the NBA. And it has been for like the last like three years or so since, I mean, I know golden state won last year, but it was a little different Mm -hmm. the way that they won. Like since like the golden state, like KD dynasty ended uh, or like the, KD wasn't really the dynasty, but like after KD left and that whole team broke up, it it seems way more wide open now. So I think a team that maybe would be looking themselves in the mirror and saying, should we make another move to try to progress ourselves might be the Sacramento Kings. Uh, They De'Aaron Fox, I think is, is really playing better than I think a lot of people, myself included thought that he was capable of this year. Um, you know, he's taken that leap that people have been like, when's he going to take that leap? He's been in the league for so many years and hasn't really like found that way to progress himself. And he has this year to his credit. He's, he's really improved himself as a three point shooter and seems like as overall, like a leader of his team and, and being like an alpha on a team that could potentially be really good. They of course have Sabonis as well, who they traded for last year. Uh, We've talked about, I think on this pod before the hilarity of potentially putting Julius Randall and Sabonis on the same team, my categories, <laughs> yeah. his YouTube cameo for today. <laughs> um, so we've, we've talked about the potential hilarity of, of putting those two on the same team. So I'm just going to go ahead and do it. And I think that maybe there's a world where this kind of makes sense for the, the Kings to say, you know what? They are trying to break like a, forever playoff drought what's it at now like 14 15 16 seasons i think 2006 they was the last year they made it 16, yeah, years. 16 years they're trying to break a 16 year playoff drought you thought it was tough being a knicks fan uh it, maybe it's time to just go all in and do this thing uh so i have harrison barnes uh i just threw a dart because i needed some salary and i picked uh chimizy metu you could pick any one of their other guys that make one to two million dollars and a top – I struggle with what number I could get away with if I was the Knicks here, but let's say top five to potentially top ten protected first-round pick, um, which if – so I'm using the Fanspo uh, trade machine, and it says that they do have their 2023 20, and 25 picks available to them, which doesn't seem right because I thought one of those went out in the Sabonis trade. So I'll fact-check that while I throw this – overall trade to you but get yourself a top five to ten protected first round pick uh for julius randall the fit might seem kind of clunky but clunky fits is kind of what the kings have always done and at this particular moment they're kind of making it work uh gives you another bucket getter if you need one but if randall can switch into his more distributor mode self uh i think that this could work kind of well for them on the offensive end getting another guy that can handle the ball, pass it, you know, find Fox on a cut, hit Sabonis for, you know, a three or whatever, or just kind of at least fake space the floor enough to let Sabonis kind of work in his office, sort of the same way that that Harrison Barnes does currently, who's having sort of a down year for them. Mm. So I, I just kind of think it's a way for them to upgrade. I don't know if I'll call it a huge position to need because Barnes is a serviceable NBA player, but potentially go from having a good player, a serviceable player to a potential great player at your four spot there and roll with it. So I'm kind of curious what you think about the Kings as an option here while I double check that draft pick real quick. 
Yeah, I think I think their concern would obviously be defense. Um, they're currently, uh, let me double check this. I believe twenty fifth in the NBA, and yeah, they're twenty. They're tied for twenty fifth in the NBA in defensive rating, and at least on paper, I can't say I've watched a ton of the Kings this year. Harrison Barnes is probably the best defensive player in that starting lineup. Um, maybe uh, I don't. I don't know. I would. I would. I would just say generally based on reputation, he's the best defensive player in that starting lineup. Um, so if you bring Julius in there. I think you have to commit to a switch everything scheme and kind of something similar to what we saw the Minnesota Timberwolves do under Chris Finch last year, where you're, where you're playing. It's, it's a little, little gimmicky um, and, and, and you're trapping and, and you're doing all kinds of crazy things to throw teams off balance because um, they're already don't really have a rim protector. Um, and, and Julius isn't going to help with that at all. And you, you allow even more dribble penetration when Julius has his, uh, 15 times a game, uh, stare at the uh, butterfly in his glove kid in the outfield in Little League Baseball moment. But here's the upshot. Julius is a fantastic switch defender, and he actually gets pretty engaged when guards try to take advantage of him and his, and his pride is on the line. So you play him like that. Offensively, I think they could be, uh, dare I say, a top three to four offense in basketball with Julius Randle if, if he – leans into passing the ball like he did last night in Memphis. Um, he is just an upgrade over Harrison Barnes. There's, there's no question in that respect. As a creator, a, as an attacker off the dribble, and the Kings are already absurdly good because they've surrounded De'Aaron Fox, who's turned himself into just this this turbo bolt. Of, honestly, he's he's turned himself into John Morant with less hype. That, that That's who he is at this, at this point this season. You have Sabonis as a pick-and-roll big. Julius can still space around him. Harrison Barnes is only hitting 28% of his threes. You're not losing much there. Uh, Kevin Herter's like the fourth best three-point shooter in the league right now. That's a loaded offense. Uh, they would they would be incredibly fun to watch if Julius bought in. Um, and yeah, and then from a Knicks perspective, I think best you can hope for there is a top 10 protected pick, but I would I would take that because odds are you're getting, if you do it for this year, you're probably getting, I don't know, the 15th pick. That, that's not bad considering the Knicks already have potentially two other extra first round picks coming in. And if the Knicks want to make a big deal to move up in this draft, they kind of have the ammo to do it all of a sudden. Yeah, so the only, the only issue that I found with the draft pick here is that they have a protected 2024 first ah. round pick going to Atlanta. Uh, which is protected one to 14 in 2024, one to 12 in 2025, and one to 10 in 2026. If they've not conveyed a pick by 2026, then Sacramento instead conveys their 2026 second round pick and 2027 second round pick to Atlanta. So they would probably have to, in a separate thing, which this is not completely unheard of in the NBA, arrange with Atlanta and say, hey, we'll um, lessen the protections on that and give you a second round pick in exchange or something like that. And then they could potentially give the Knicks like, I guess a 2026. You still have to say 26 is still the earliest you could deal. Yeah. Yeah. So that would be the earliest you could deal. So 2026 maybe, or even stretch it out to like 2028 or something like that, Um, which I think would still be fine. I mean, honestly, the Knicks can't have too many. There is such a thing as having too many potential like 2023 picks. I understand this like a stack draft. Yeah. Uh, and you want to have as many picks as you can, but if they're all protected and they're all going to end up in that like 14 to 25 range or so, if they convey, it doesn't really help you too much as far as trying to like trade up significantly. We, we've, we've seen um, the Knicks try and fail with that before. Exactly. So, you know, at that point, I would just say, you know what, get a further out asset. I think that's fine anyway. Yeah. You know, and, and just kind of 
have Harrison Barnes and then come in to back up Obi Toppin. I think he would be a good sport about it. He seems oh, yeah. like he's kind of at that journeyman point of his career where he's just like, whatever, I'll just play what you want me to do. I'm still getting an obscene amount of money to play basketball given. I mean, is he one of the, like, what is it like bag all-stars that's made like the biggest bag doing, I don't want to call him mediocre. Like he's certainly had a good career, but like, I don't know. He's got like the, the Rudy Gay to him where he's just made them seen amount of money to never really accomplish that much in the NBA. Um, so he'll probably just be like, yeah, that's cool. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I think there's a deal to potentially be made there. The Kings love doing quirky stuff like that. Like they would definitely be like, we can make Randall and Sabonis work. And yeah. I'm here for the ride. I, I would be totally down to watch that happen. Uh, but you know, if you are looking for a job, you might be looking for a new ride for you as well. Uh, and that would mean going to LinkedIn and LinkedIn jobs specifically. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. And that's why you have to check out LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. And look, I am not often in charge of hiring, if ever. Uh, however, as a job seeker, I always find LinkedIn jobs to be the best place to go. They show me so many jobs that are not only ones that I wouldn't have actively looked for, but are actually good fits for me and my skill set, rather than some of the other sites that throw me a bunch of like entry level sales positions that I wouldn't have even wanted out of college. Uh, you know, LinkedIn jobs actually does a good job of looking through your resume on LinkedIn and actually pointing you towards jobs that make sense for you and also offering learning courses and assessments to let you prove to people that want to hire you that you know what you're talking about. So all you have to do if you want to use LinkedIn jobs to hire someone is add your job and put the purple hashtag hiring frame on your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. They have simple tools like screening questions that make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. And if you are a small business, you know that this is like the time of the year to try to find someone to help guide you into a new year. And those hires are really, really crucial, especially if you're, you're a small business and every single person matters. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. So LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MBA. That's linkedin.com slash locked on MBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, Gavin, we are back talking more Knicks trades. I figure I'll throw it to you now. Do you have, so we've done two Julius trades, which mm. is kind of the hot button thing. It's what else would we do, but come up with Julius trades to start with. Cause it kind of just makes the most sense for, I think both parties at this point, if we're being honest. Yeah. Uh, but are there any other potentially beleaguered Knicks that you've come up with some trade ideas for? Yeah. Well, there there's uh, someone, someone is wondering about that. Specifically, our guy whose whose Twitter name is just hashtag fire tibs, hashtag free Obi. Uh, two, two messages this podcast can get behind and proudly support. Um, and his at is blood of DePonta. Now that that one, I, I don't I don't want to blindly support blood of DePonta, Alex, because I, I just don't know enough. I need I need more information there before I, I put I put the weight of locked on Knicks behind blood of DePonta. But anyways, he or she wants to know, uh, can we get some trades for Fournier? Uh, yes, you can. Um, and it, it was hard. As, as I told at Blood of DuPont on Twitter, 
there aren't a lot of realistic options there. And trust me, I spent I spent a good 20 minutes on this house. I tried to get him back on the Orlando Magic. I was like, how much fun would he have on the Orlando Magic? And then I, I looked and I was like, you know, they have Terrence Ross who makes half as much money and is basically doing a better Evan Fournier impression right now. So that's no good. Um, I went contender to contender. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, I thought, could have, like, they could use the shooter. Nope, nope, no money. Doesn't work. Um, so you go team to team. It never really works. And then you just got to find uh, the team that is most desperate for three-point shooting and that is just most desperate in general. And that is, of course, the Los Angeles Lakers. So the trade is very simple. Uh, the Knicks get Patrick Beverly and Juan Toscano Anderson. Um, and Patrick Beverly, uh, similar to what we said about Jay Crowder, I think would be moved to another team because he would, he would not be playing uh, in the rotation for the New York Knicks in my, in my dream world. Uh, same with Juan Toscano Anderson. Um, but the Knicks get off Evan Fournier scot-free and the Lakers uh, get the shooter that they've coveted and they get to save their firepower, which are those two first round picks uh, for a separate deal. But Fournier, I mean, Austin Reeves is shooting well this year, but he was not a a good three point shooter a year ago. And he struggled um, in his two seasons at Oklahoma uh, to hit three pointers. So you could question how sustainable that is. I, I just think the Lakers who have played much better of like could absolutely use a professional shooter um, and this this is just a clear-cut uh, opportunity for both franchises to improve. Yeah, I mean, I think if you're the Knicks, you're going to have a hard time selling any team on, like, hey, you should give us something for Evan Fournier. Like, a lot of teams now at this point, because of the optics of the current situation, are going to say, uh, no, like, you have to pay us something if we're going to take Evan Fournier, yeah. which is such a huge departure from what I was thinking literally, like, at the – beginning of this season i i the guy literally set the knicks three-point record last year and i don't know what has broken in his brain this year but he just looks so flustered and unable to do what he's proven at other points in his career that he can um so it it really does need to be just the right team at this point to say yeah we'll take this like super broken player granted who is not you're not financially committed to for a super long time. Um, no. This season, I think it's season. just this season and next season. Yeah, I mean, you have a team season. option the year after that. Mm-hmm. So not too bad. You know, if you're a team like the Lakers, that's mega capped out anyway. What do you stand to lose by trading players that aren't getting a ton of minutes uh, to go for a guy like Evan Fournier? So, yeah, I'm like, I'm, I'm pretty well with that deal. I, I think that they just make the most sense as a team that would not, would be totally okay with just like giving up i don't know a small amount in exchange for getting an evan fournier who at his best i mean look my mission trying to find a team to deal with here was basically just go to the nba standings and or like the overall statistical standings for teams sort by three-point percentage going down (laughs) Yeah, and see who needs more three points. There's one team at the bottom behind the Knicks. It's that's unless they jumped them in the last week. They have jumped the Knicks in the last. Oh my god! Currently, the Knicks are last. Yeah, Zach Lowe like had a whole like column in his or or post in his ten things about just how uniquely like the Lakers were four points worse than anyone else about three weeks ago. The Knicks have just yeah. It's honestly kind of impressive. The Knicks have really played catch up. Yeah, currently, as it stands, the Knicks are the worst. Uh, so maybe the Knicks should trade for Evan Fournier, I guess. I don't, um, yeah. I'm talking myself and, into him. <laughs> and then the Hornets and then the Lakers currently. So 
I, you know, I think it's pretty easy to just go through this part of the list and be like, well, which of these teams actually want to play for something? The next couple of teams, I mean, I think it becomes a little more difficult to find a for sure fit based off of money. But like, I could see, honestly, any of these next four teams potentially looking at Fournier as well. And this is sort of a cop out. I don't necessarily have like a specific deal because they're kind of difficult teams to work with in that respect due to just like what their contract allocations are. But the Hawks, the Timberwolves, the Raptors, and the Heat are the next four teams on that list. And all those teams going into the season are teams that definitely feel like they have something to play for this year. Uh, And all of them are having some struggles with shooting the ball as far as percentages go. Um and are at various places in the NBA standings right now. But as I said earlier, like there's so much parody right now that all of them kind of, if things sort themselves out, they all could potentially have a shot this year. Uh, I would say the Timberwolves kind of jumped out to me initially. Is like, oh, yeah, so I, I tried it for like 10 minutes out. It does, yes. doesn't work. Yeah. The finances it's, don't work. It's just so tough. Yeah. I mean, their, their contract distribution is so top heavy. Yeah. where it's Gobert, Towns, Russell all make 30 million plus. And then beyond that, it's like, could you make a deal, I guess, like around Kyle Anderson in pieces? But like Kyle Anderson seems pretty integral to what they're trying to do this year. Yeah, Same I tried Torian Prince and yeah. Prince and any of their small contracts. It's not enough money because it's just, they have so yeah, much you just, yeah, You just can't make it work, so it's tough. I mean, then it comes to like, okay, can you figure something out with like, the Hawks and like that's pretty tough unless they want to again they also they have Bogdanovich coming back too so I think that's why they wouldn't want to do it and it's like you're not going to trade Bogdanovich for Fournier it's like a clear downgrade it's like getting the worst version of that same player uh the Raptors maybe this is a situation where the the Knicks like if OG Ananobi is really that like fed up there which there's been like light rumblings that he's like wants a bigger role somewhere else or something mm-hmm. maybe this is where you as the knicks say okay well we'll use fournier as like our salary piece give up a couple picks as well as like i don't know who it would be at that point reddish grimes you know whoever you think is expendable in that scenario maybe it's like grimes and deuce or something like that although yeah i guess i guess i would feel pretty comfortable with that like og's pretty Pretty or or RJ Barrett or RJ Barrett, but I mean, yeah, that that gets sticky because of his new contract. I don't yeah. know if if slash when they're allowed to train this year. I think it's like January fifteenth or something like that. So maybe you do that, yeah. Uh, and that and, uh, it's a spoiler for a future pod episode because that, that's another real bad question we got trading RJ. Yeah. Barrett. So maybe that's something you look at. You know, use Fournier as your first piece there and be like, hey, you guys you still want to play for something this year. So here's a shooter and here's an RJ Barrett or here's a Grimes or here's a quickly or what have you, you know, you guys can still do what you want to do this year, have these young players. You're so good at developing young players. So we'll just take this guy you already developed (laughs) and give him a role here instead. Do the same thing you did with Jalen Brunson. Just take the completed product and plug him right in (laughs) from a really good developing organization. So, yeah, I, I think, if I was looking at those teams, I think the Raptors are the one that kind of jump out, but you would have to decide like, okay, we're ready to make a big move here. Like we're ready to, to push in some chips, not all the chips, but like a little bit of chips mm-hmm. towards OG Ananobi uh, and use 
uh, Fournier is like your first salary building block and then work out some other salaries there to make things work with whoever it is you're going to trade over their way. Um, so yeah, I think that's, that's my main Fournier answer. Just throw a dart at teams that, that need shooting and then try to find one that has an $18 million salary that they can work with, which wow, is the, the harder part of that equation. <laughs> 30 minutes. And we, we solved all the Knicks issues. Pretty, pretty incredible stuff. I, I, I don't think we, I don't think we can do much more than that. So we'll wrap it up right here on locked on Knicks, but uh, stay tuned. Couple game recaps coming your way. Another mailbag episode to wrap up the week. And we'll talk to you soon on locked on Knicks. <laughs>